Yo, yo, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to another great episode of the world-famous, award-winning, behind-the-baller podcast show. I am your host, Ben Baller, not Ben Humble. Yo, this is the Super Bowl edition of BTB, but that actually means nothing because I'm just going to talk about the shit for a little bit and we're going to kick free game. You know what I'm saying? So anyways, guys, I'm sure everyone saw that game yesterday. And, you know, there's been some Super Bowls I really don't give a fuck much about. Could I remember all the ones that I loved? No. Remember a couple here and there, whatever. I've never missed the Super Bowl. I have at least watched the last maybe 35 years, at least. And that's what I'm talking about, like why, you know, we got together and watched. And our home was not a big football home growing up meaning my household, was not a big football home. There was some baseball being watched. There's definitely a lot of basketball being watched. There was not that much football. Anyways, back to the Super Bowl. Tom Brady is the GOAT. I know some of you motherfuckers out there who really know who I am, or at least know as much as I've put out into the universe, you know how painful that is for me to say. Okay, 19 years ago, um, 18 and a half years ago, the tuck rule game occurred. This is when I was a Raiders fan. And not just that, I was a close friend of Charles Woodson's. Charles hit that bitch motherfucker, Tom Brady. And yes, I know Tom was his QB. They're both Michigan University, I'm sorry, University of Michigan Wolverines and everything. That was some bullshit, and that changed a lot, right? Started out, obviously, the legacy of Tom's, but look, I hate a dude. I have bet against him in every Super Bowl. That means I have gone one in six against this motherfucker until this week, and you already know the shit I was preaching, okay? Let's not talk about the facts and everything of some of the people I, I can tell you that we put some major money down between my boy Anthony my boy Jeff owns Riff, my boy RD, aka Wires Only. Look, for me to say that is putting past all the bullshit. Fuck Deflate Gate, fuck all the other little small things here and there. We are talking about a real motherfucking goat, right? I would never call LeBron the goat. If he won seven more in a row, maybe. He's not going to win seven in a row. You know, I can call MJ a goat, right? I wouldn't even necessarily call Kobe a goat. That's how serious, I, how coveted I take that. And you already know, I don't have a lot bad to say about Kobe. If anything, I think I would put him way higher up in my liking than you know the ninety nine point nine percent of the of the people that I've not necessarily idolized, but you know that I, I respect. Um, yes. MJ went six for six in the finals. That's a big deal. You come in, you take care of business on the biggest stage in the world. Now, Tom, yes, he lost one here and there, but he lost, he won seven. This motherfucker won seven, okay? The difference between him and MJ is Jordan was not winning chips at 43 years of age. All right, look, Tom put this team together 
everyone counted him out. I will tell you straight up, when this team was getting put together and they're doing their thing, I was like, you know what, man? They're going to make a run here and there. In the back of my mind, I said, if this motherfucker makes it to the playoffs, though, it's, it's curtains for, for everyone, okay? So I know when refs go on one side and all this other shit and everything, and look, great people should definitely get, you know, some calls and be looked at a little bit. It sucks. Life ain't fair. Some people are rich, some people are broke, some people are homeless, some people live in mansions. It's the way of the fucking world. Is it right? It's just the way the world is. So what side do you want to be on? Do you want to be a winner? Do you want to be a loser? Some people, they, they say, hey man, you know, we weren't given a, you know, a good shot. We were not given a fair chance. You know what? There's a lot of people with that same situation that you got and they turned it into something. So I will never accept defeat. That is me personally. Okay, that's for motherfuckers who have speech impediment, have two broken legs, missing arms, ugly face, you name it. Someone has taken the same situation that you are in and won with it. All right. Now, with that said, this motherfucker picked up Gronk. And I'm like, look, this dude hasn't played in two seasons. You know, who gives a fuck? Still. It's like, that's his boy and that's his road dog. I appreciate that part, right? Brought in Antonio Brown when this motherfucker was out rapping, doing whatever bullshit, causing trouble, fighting with his baby moms, acting like a fucking idiot. Put him in there, right? But this team was legit and they, they showed up when they needed to, right? Fournette, come on, man. Playoff Lenny was, was, this motherfucker was really doing his thing. So look, Tom's journey to the Super Bowl was tougher than Mahomes too, Right? This motherfucker didn't get the bye week and all the other shit. He had to beat Aaron Rodgers at home. He had to beat Breeze at Breeze's home. Bro, this motherfucker beat, they say, the, the not the future. I, no, they, I guess, yeah, they say the future GOAT. Let me tell you something. I've never seen Mahomes play that bad, okay? Now, there's a difference between playing bad and beating yourselves. When we played against the Rams in the wild card game, we beat ourselves. And another thing too is, that was a two position game. We lost by 10 points and the score really didn't show. It was a fucked up game for us, right? We beat ourselves and it was evident. When you're talking about this game, they didn't score a fucking touchdown nowhere. He couldn't get it done. Not only could he not get it done, he was getting locked up every single time. The defense was going ham, all right? I don't want to hear shit about the refs, you know, weeding the game. You know, I mean, look, this is a weird situation. There's some things I like to talk about, some things I can't talk about, right? But Travis is my dude, Kelsey, right? I just delivered five chains to Travis on Friday. So we're talking three days ago. And the dude is a class act. Fuck with him. His girl got on Twitter got on IG, said some shit, and she, you know, she said some things out of pocket, kind of like how Aisha Curry did with Steph and whatever, and boom. But look, you got to just be real. You got to take the L on the chin, and that's what it is, right? There are some really shitty calls I thought the refs made. I thought they sucked, whatever. But at the end of the day, man, if you want to argue and say that it created momentum if they're you know against them, there's teams who I never count out. The Chiefs are one of them. I've seen these motherfuckers come back from touchdowns, you know, two, three possessions, whatever it may be. But look, the Chiefs lost by four possessions. And if you want to count the spread because the Chiefs were giving Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, 
three and a half, then it was really like a five possession game, but it was a wrap. Especially after the third quarter, it was a wrap. It was just, it was, that was it. They just couldn't get it done. It was a different thing. They were getting locked up and everything else. They could say, oh, the Rams were locked. No, bro, no. Russ was not locked in, period, okay? And to say, like, oh, well, same thing from Mahomes. No, Mahomes was still doing everything that he could. This motherfucker was throwing shit, get, doing everything he fucking possibly could. Russ was not doing everything he possibly could. He was, I just feel like his effort was not there, period. And I'm talking about my own quarterback, all right? So I don't want to hear that shit, okay? For fucking Matthew to say that Tom Brady whispered some shit in his ear, ear that was, he couldn't fucking believe in me. Bro, there's only a couple things he could have called you that pulled you out. Look, the N-word with the hard E-R was one of them, and that's the word that you were insinuating he used. I don't like that cocksucker. You already know that. I don't give a fuck if he made me $64,000 yesterday. No fucking way. And you know in the Super Bowl, motherfuckers are mic'd up heavy. So that shit didn't happen. That's why you deleted your tweet. Now, number two, if he called you a pussy or a bitch, or if he even called you the F word. Now I'm talking about the F-A-G word, okay? Bruh, take the motherfucking L to the chin, homie. That motherfucking shit goes two ways, bro. And all the other unsport, look, the game and change. People are so crazy. They're look at people will rob your mom. You see what's going on with all this shit, and we're gonna get into the old with the racism right now. It's going on in the Bay Area against Asians, and uh, it's fucking crazy. But back to the Super Bowl. Look, these motherfuckers whoop that ass, bro. I gotta give my, I gotta take my hat off. Gotta give it to Tom. He's got seven rings. This motherfucker has more rings than any franchise in NFL history. That's a big fucking deal. All right. Now, what I don't like is when people get and you know, everybody listen to this episode right now. You guys know how much I fucking do not like and how much I actually hate Donald Trump. All right. But let's get some shit straight here. I hate when people compare Brady to fucking Kaepernick. Right, and they'd be like, "Yo, I love how you know people could separate Tom Brady and his political beliefs with Kaepernick and his political beliefs and what he did." Look, you want to blame it on racism, and it is racism, okay? But it's also two totally different fucking things, right? I'm trying to think of a fucking way to, you know, I love motherfucking metaphors and comparisons, right? Look, okay, you got Tom Brady, and you got Kaepernick, and they're in a race. And they're racing down the fucking freeway. Let's just say they're doing quarter mile races. No, fuck that. Hold on. Let's say they're racing on the freeway. Okay. They're racing from fucking LA to Orange County, whatever. Okay. You got Tom in a LaFerrari. Everything's running tits and everything. Okay. And the police know he's a rich white dude driving. You can obviously see he's a white dude. Boom. Okay. That's if he gets pulled over here and there. Let's say you got Kaepernick in a SRT8 Dodge Charger. Okay, just to, to end it right there, okay? And he's a mixed black rich man, all right? And the cops obviously fuck with him because he's mixed, all right? But he's rich. He's a mixed black dude. You know, um, he's he doesn't look like the typical fucking, you know, troll-making fucking profile person that these people put out there to be bad, whatever the fuck you may call it. Look, so he might have a higher chance of getting pulled over and fuck with, okay? But also the cars kind of profiled more, whatever. No matter how stereotypical you see the red Ferrari, okay? Look, how are you going to compare a LaFerrari to a fucking Charger 
SRT8, right? It's really two different fucking things. Now, if Kaepernick was LeBron and that shit happened, they're not kicking LeBron off no motherfucking team. Motherfuckers need him. Kaepernick was an average quarterback, tell you the truth. And, you know, because I'm not really, you know, I'm not a Niners fan. You already know that this motherfucker didn't get really, you know, it's like, come on, bro. And you know what I say already. Second place, seventh place, shit don't make no fucking difference. Either you won or you didn't. All right. So I just don't like when people try to fucking put these two together and break that shit down. Break it down on two GOAT levels then. Don't break it down from one motherfucker who's won seven rings to one dude who won the Super Bowl and didn't win. And then had a shitty career and whatever, whatever the fuck was going against you, right? If you can't figure out what I was trying to break down, then, you know, I don't know what to say. Because I'm not a fan of either one of those dudes. But what Kaepernick did was very honorable and he stood up for something that was much bigger than he was. But in no way, shape, or form could you ever fucking compare these two men on playing the game of football, all right? Now, that's all I got to say about that. Look, congratulations to the fucking Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Obviously, a bunch of fucking idiots that were at the game, acting up, whatever, boom. And there's a lot of people. Look, I'm not a party pooper, cool, whatever. My sister was there. She had to go because my sister's fucking, um, the fucking dude's name, Aquaman, uh, Jason fucking uh, Memoir, right? Is that his name? I forgot what the fuck his name is. I don't really get in my sister's business. This is my blood sister, Jean, my older sister. She had to go there. You know, she's flown out there with, with whoever, Jason or... Is that his fucking name? I forgot. Anyways, Aquaman. Um, yes, my sister's his stylist and my sister's been working with him forever. So she's at the game, whatever. She, my sister's going to be safe and she's going to do what she has to do. Plus, she's flying in a different position. But um, what I'm saying is you see downtown Tampa and it's just off the fucking hook. And you don't see no mask nowhere. And what, what is my take on it? Look, there's so much that I can get into. And actually, I'm going to talk about it in a little bit because I'm going to talk about a guest I want to have on here. But it's just, it's unfortunate and... We'll see what happens. A lot of conspiracy theories that are still going around fucking um, about COVID and all that shit. Anyways, uh, here's some realness for you guys. Time management is no fucking joke. All right? Time management is no joke when you are a successful person, but not as successful as you'd like to be whether you're content or not, all right? I do well. I'm very blessed. I've made a good amount of money in my lifetime and I'm making good money and I'm in a great position right now, okay? I'm 48 years old, more relevant than anyone would like to admit I am and I'm not going anywhere at the very moment and at least even the the near future, okay? And each year, I have become more relevant due to the fact that I've been smart at my moves and I have played chess and I understand the game of chess from the pawn to the rook to obviously the queen, the king, all that, okay? I do feel like I am in a house of cards situation right now. Now, one situation is this. I love podcasting. If it wasn't for Miles and Jordan, aka the Dust Brothers, I don't know what I would do because they make it almost seamless for me to do this podcast. They bring the HD clarity, professional podcasting sound. They edit this show. They do all the shit that I need them to do. And they do even more than that. 
let alone them being betting gurus and killing fantasy and all the shit with fucking parlays and NBA. They are amazing guys. And one of the best support systems I've ever had. Do you know how crazy that is for me to say from having joy business to being in the music business to having my own personal business? These are two remarkable men. Now, with that said, they've made it very easy for me to podcast. It's one of my favorite things to do. And yes, it is generating an income. Yes, I'm making, you know, what we make six figures off of this podcast in a very short amount of time. And again, I still feel like we're just barely touching the tip of the iceberg. Now, with that said, I have pushed jewelry back in the last 10 months. I have done what I needed to do, but I've pushed it back on purpose. As soon as I hear somebody that wants to do something, I really just try to think of every single way possible to one, convince them out of it, or two, try to have it made by someone that is in my actual circle or my team at IFN Co., all right? Whether my cousin doesn't like that or not, it's just the realness of what's going on. Another thing too is there's something called COVID-19 and a pandemic happening. Another thing, my store has been down and out and remodeling for the last few months. We are gonna be back up in less than two months, but we're gonna be back in a better, bigger situation in the fucking pandemic, which is crazy, but definitely a much bigger store, you know, twice the size, same location, but just a better situation for us because we'd have more space to do certain things. And that was another reason why we are hiring and accepting uh, applicants for a sales position at IF Co. Now, my factory, my office, even though we have an existing one, we have two separate ones in the same building, but not really, right? They're next door buildings that are kind of connected, but not really, and they're two different areas, so it's like whatever. We have the state of the art, the goat of all goat factory slash office slash showrooms that we're moving into in a few weeks. Now, here's where it gets tricky. My kids can't go back to school. Not until this shit is at least 85, 90% cured. And I'm talking about like, you know, at least 100 million people have taken the vaccine. That's at the very least. And like, there's, you know, maybe we get to the double digit of cases. Oh, there was 80 cases this week or this, whatever, in LA County. That's when it's allowed, that's where London might be okay, right? So with that said, there's three kids, remember? Three kids, two parents. We don't have a nanny. You know, I do have some help sometimes here and there for my mother-in-law, but depending on what's going on in her life, she's got to get tested before she comes to our house. There has to be a double negative over a certain amount of time. So it's not like an immediate emergency thing. That's why we've quarantined so hard. Now, with that said, I have to help my wife as much as I can, but she's doing five times the work that she's ever been used to. So now I also have my tops contract. I have my network contract. I have my own personal BBDTC shit, right? On top of being a parent, I have the podcasting and I have the jewelry. So all this shit I've been juggling around, but I've been kind of pushing things in waves. Now, moving into my new office, that's gonna take a lot of time. Getting back and kind of deep diving into jewelry because I'm making a big thing for Murakami right now and I got some things popping up that I haven't really even understood what to even look at yet because I have jobs and schedules that I haven't even looked at. No joke, I have shit I haven't looked at because I haven't had the time to, to figure it out. I've got a project with Remy Martin I'm doing right now and I've kind of like been just half asleep in it. So 
all this is happening and I'm doing time management, but I don't have the team like that. One, because of trust. Two, because of, you know, short hands. And three, because of the pandemic. So one thing about me is when it comes to even things that I love, whether it be podcast or something, I have a tendency to clock out or phone it in. For those of you who know what phoning in means, right? Um, I did this when I was DJing and I was over it and I don't want to DJ anymore at nightclubs, but I was taking the money. So it is a terrible flaw of mine when I like to clock out. When you work a nine to five and it's 4.20 or it's fucking three o'clock, two o'clock, you're already looking at the clock like, yo man, can't wait to five o'clock, can't wait to five o'clock. The thing with me is it don't work that way with me. If I stop my IFN code job at five o'clock, guess what? BBTTC starts at fucking 6 p.m. and it goes to fucking 1 a.m., right? I got a baseball card fucking job that goes till 5 a.m. It doesn't really matter. I don't have a nine to five. I really do have an open my eyes until I close my eyes. And then again, guess what? I'm a father and a husband and I have been almost not necessarily absent, but my mind has been a little bit out of it. So I'm taking care of the work at hand, but the actual, you know, some of the extra effort that I used to put in, it's hard for me to. So I need to figure out how I can cut this down. Now, thing is, yes, that there's money and stuff, but at the same time, it's bigger than money. I cut VVS out because I was too involved with what's going on. So I'm just letting you all know, I can't imagine what the fuck Elon Musk's life is like or what Jeff Bezos' life is like. And I don't know how much of a dad they were and whatever. And I think a lot of successful people are you know, have a tough time being a good dad. Looks looks like some people like LeBron, when you're a professional athlete, you know, you can focus on certain things and then you obviously have other business people, you have financial people looking over things and I have a financial advisor, I have, but I'm so hands-on, it's tough for me not to be really involved in everything I do. So what I'm trying to say is I do love podcasting and I put a lot of effort into it and I think about things to talk about every single week, twice a week, and I have more guests that are going to come on here, but I do feel like I'm dealing with the house card situation right now because I am about to jump right back into jewelry, which I haven't put a full effort in in a long time. Did I forget how to do it? No, that's not it at all. I'm just going to start having to lose some other things. So it's just a difficult time right now, and I'm just saying this not for compassion from any of you guys, it's more, and not necessarily as an excuse, it's just a legitimate reason of why my messages get bigger, my, un, you know, whether it be read or unread, uh, just certain things. My memory is starting to go, and I'm washed up, I'm old, you know? So I'm just letting you guys know that that shit is a real thing. So before you wish for some shit, you know, and some people are like, oh, well, you get to drive this and this and this. That's true, there are perks to being successful and having the good things. Now, when you have bad time management and you also aren't doing well in life, then you got real issues. You need to really cut shit the fuck out, no matter who the fuck is offended. Remember, business is not personal, no matter what. Some people do make it personal, and there are ways to make it personal, but it's not, right? All right, with all that said, I'm getting a motherfucking dry-ass mouth. Miles, can we throw on some Lakey Lake real quick? Let's take a real quick break, and we'll be right back.
yo yo we are back btb army um going back to the super bowl i was thinking about a few things right and people are talking shit about the weekend's performance and i was just thinking like do you guys even know who the fuck weekend is i mean yes you do but at the same time like do you realize like a lot of motherfuckers who have opinions are not in the music business one number two not saying that fans aren't important number two a lot of people who are performers are guys who've never had a fucking ten thousand dollar budget let alone had millions of dollars you can't just have a basic ass simple ass show it is a very difficult job to do what the fuck he did i commend abel i commend the team for keeping it so tight right sal my man lamar even i don't fuck with cash for whatever reason i got look He's part of that team and a big part of that team. And I've been, you know, I've known the XO family for a long time. So that's a whole nother thing that's going on. But I thought the show was cool. I just, you know, my favorite weekend album ever, I don't give a fuck, it's a fucking mixtape. Because that's not the real definition of mixtape. You know, you think of DJ Clue, you think of Envy, you think, not Envy, I'm sorry, uh, Enough and all these old school mixtapes. Those are mixtapes when you had a bunch of different songs, different artists, and you mixed them together. Most of the time you blended them together because that's what mixing is. But... House of Balloons is Weekend's greatest album ever, forever and ever and ever. You know, I know people who own festivals and be like, we just wanted to book them just to perform only House of Balloons. Fucking amazing. But I thought he did a good job, so I don't know. As far as the commercial, I thought the commercial sucked. I thought that fucking Cheetos commercial with fucking Ashton Kutcher and fucking Mila Kunis, even though I love Mila Kunis, that shit was whack as fuck. I'm not dissing Shaggy, it was just fucking stupid. It, just, it was just so, ugh, cornball shit. Eminem commercial was cool. I thought the, the fucking State Farm one was, eh. But the Reddit commercial was brilliant. That was fucking amazing. I love when shit like that happens, especially, you know me, I love the underdog. Now, um, was talking about uh, having guests on the show, and I want to have more Seahawk people on the, on the show. The Jamal Adams thing did very well. I mean, you know, the crazy thing is, you guys don't know this, but Jamal's team reached out to me. So I'm very honored by that. And obviously this is a bigger podcast than most of you haters would think it is, all right? But I got a few other Seahawks I want to jump on. One of them is my boy, Michael Dixon. Probably doesn't get the credit that he deserves. Did a very good job as a punter this year. Our special teams is definitely lit. And I would love to hear a different person talk than a quarterback, receiver, running back, or a fucking star linebacker, star DB. You know, it's like, I don't know how many interviews Dixon has done, but I'm about to give him a fucking platform for it. Another thing too is I would love to get Brian Schottenheimer on here. I would love to fucking talk to Shotty and see what the fuck his story was, if he could even talk about it. Because you know me, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to ask about it. I'd even love to get Ken Norton on here just because I have my own opinions and Jamal's being not necessarily politically correct. He sounded like he was being genuine when he said that wasn't Ken Norton's fault. Even though I think... Ken Norton is to blame for a lot of shit that's wrong with the defense. But um, one guest that I want to have on here immediately, and I need to push a couple things back, because I was supposed to have Beast Mode on here, a few other things. I need to get this dude, Hotep Jesus, on the show. Now, this motherfucker is crazier than cat shit. Brilliant, too. Definitely has very different views than a lot of people. I think he's not the polar opposite of me, because, look, people don't realize... Me not liking Trump and being technically a Republican to some people is weird. It's not that weird to me. Now, I think uh, Hotep uh, is considered alt-right, not far-right. So like it's a little different. Obviously, you don't fuck with the far left and the left people. But um, there's a lot of shit that he says is interesting. Uh, some of it is about COVID. And uh, I definitely want to see, you know, there, there's some things I would love to ask him. One thing 
that I trip on when um, people like Pitbull, Pitbull just did uh, Drink Champs and he was talking about how uh, COVID is a conspiracy, like not a conspiracy, but it's brought upon to create communism, like how Fidel Castro did and everything. Oh, you guys did it with the virus. Oh shit, you guys were able to shut down a country. No, Pitbull. How do you shut down 200 plus countries? That's what I don't understand, where people fail to realize it's not just America. It's fucking every country in this planet Earth. That's what I don't get. But anyways, I would love to have a hotel on. We might have a fucking one hour and a half interview minimum. There's a lot of shit that I could just, I just want to ask him. You know, he's, he's got a lot of opinions about a lot of things, about masculinity, dating, all kinds of shit. I want to ask him if he fucks with Candace Owens and, you know, that and stuff. And Hotep has very different opinions about slavery. He believes that Africans were not brought here on boats. And there's just other things. I'm going to bring it all up when I do have him on the show, but I definitely want to have him on the show. So that's another controversial guest. Um, as some of you may know, this weekend, we went up the coast, up PCH, up Highway 1, went to an RV park, had a great fucking time, right? Now, I've stayed at a few RV parks, right? Checked them out here and there, but this one was super fucking nice. Now, having full hookups, some people be like, oh, it's not really living in RV. It is, though. You are living in a smaller space and whatever, and boom, it's not off the grid. I get it. But you know what? We also pulled up on the beach and we're able to just, it's such a fucking amazing feeling again. Oh, there's traffic. Who cares? Oh, we're in a rush to go where? We have everything that we really need in that RV that we have in our home. It's just that it's not a 5,500 square foot or 6,000 square foot house. It is now a recreational van. But there are three beds in there. Everyone has places to sleep. There's food. There's a shower. There's you know water. There's electricity, there's, you know, it's really remarkable. And I, I can't rave about it enough. And driving down the coast and open up the fucking windows. You, see, you wake up and you see the beach. It's fucking amazing. Going to the beach, playing on the beach, walking down there, boom, you know, setting up a little shop here and there. And, you know, we didn't bring tents and all like that, but it's like, hey, we don't need to get, guess what? We need to go. We're not jumping to a porta potty. We're not going over there. We're jumping back in the motherfucking luxury RV. And showering off in there. We even have an outdoor little fucking shower. You can wash our feet off so you don't get dirt and shit inside the car. Order some food if you want to. Make some food. My wife made some turkey burgers with fucking, just with Gouda cheese and grilled onions and garlic. All the shit was fucking bomb. She made the kids spaghetti, make a picadillo. It was just like, we had a lit time. Watch some movies and stuff. Forgot what the fuck we watched, man. I forgot. Watched some really bad shark movie. Um, but had a great time. Came back, obviously, because I want to watch Super Bowl at home. And yesterday, I was supposed to go to this uh, Paradise Cove Cars and Coffee that Andy Cohen, rest in peace, who was a legendary guy in the exotic car business or luxury car business, whatever. And now his son, Kevin, has taken over Paradise Cove. It happens on the first Sunday of the month. It's kind of like an invite-only thing, and it's a $50 admission fee, but you're going to see some amazing cars there. And, you know, the usual suspects like, is it I Am Ted? I forgot. He's a very famous photographer for cars, uh, LA Car Spotter or whatever, boom. So I was supposed to go with Sung Kang, aka Han from Fast and Furious. But last minute, he had to go with his wife somewhere. So I'm definitely going to pull up with Sung. And we've been talking a lot quite a bit. I definitely want to have him on the show as well. But, you know, he's a big car dude. And uh, I met up with Tyler, the creator there. 
And it was funny because Tyler pulled up solo and a lot of things that me and Tyler have in common, but one of them is obviously cars and Tyler pulled up in his fucking crazy ass Italian rally car. I'm not going to get into specifics. If you know what it is, then cool. He's real weird about what he drives and as he should be because he's a fucking celebrity now. But, you know, me and my father-in-law pulled up, my boy aunt pulled up to Malibu and I'm going to be honest with you. This was the first time I got to drive the SF90 and really just open up Sunday morning doing a quick strike style. I remember we were pushing it, boom. There was like, you know, there's always like a car who's not necessarily fast, like an Infinity or whatever. You know, it's, but you're talking about a guy who has to drive 10 times harder work. The car has to work harder. He has to have better skills to keep up at a certain speed. And I'm just trying to like, it's, it, tell you the truth, I've had such a, I feel like I had jet lag. And the other night I woke up, I feel like I fell asleep forever. I went to bed at eight o'clock, woke up at 2.30. I'm like, holy shit, the fuck? That's six and a half hours. I don't get that much sleep, you know, on a full night. So to get that and wake up in the middle of the night, realize I gotta be up at fucking 6.30 to get up, you know, so I can get ready for this drive. I'm trying to force myself to go back to sleep. Anyways, you know, it's early in the morning, shaking off the cobwebs. I'm late to the gas station to go meet up with my boy. Uh, I don't know what time Tyler's pulling up. So I'm driving the back route now, right? Because we're coming from the hills and we're on the 101 and the 405 and we start driving. And I was like, you know what, man? Fuck this shit. I'm about to open this bitch up. I hit 155 and I forget, or no, I'm sorry, didn't forget. I discover that the SF90 has eight gears. I didn't know that because most fucking exotic cars, most cars have seven gears. So I'm pushing that bitch in 155. I'm in fifth or sixth gear. And I'm like, wow, motherfucker sounds amazing too. The car sounds great. Thousand horsepower hybrid car just sounds amazing. Now you get to the 101 and you're going westbound and we pass DeSoto and that's where the CHP office is. And I see a, a CHP, a cop on the opposite side, side to side, slow down a little bit and chill out. Sure enough, we pass Topanga, past Shoop, and right after Shoop before Malibu Canyon, on the right-hand side, we see a chip. CHP pulled over with his radar gun, and I'm doing about 78, 80. Thank God. Slowed down. Avoided a ticket. So we get off Malibu Canyon. We hit the canyons. I'm kind of driving, kind of cool here and there, whatever. Boom. Pull up to the country mart first to see if there's anybody there. It is fucking dead. What has happened there is really sad. I hope uh, something happens to where cars come back there and everything because it is something to do on a Sunday and people are safe. And even the Whole Foods parking lot, there's a security guard there and there's cops pulling people up for everything. If you have an exhaust too loud or if you have no front license plate, even on an exotic car, you don't have a license plate showing. The Malibu sheriffs do not fuck around. So I pull up to Paradise Cove and, uh, you know, amazing drive there, pull up. There's a amazing Lamborghini Miura. There's an Aston Martin old school James Bond joint. There's all types of cars. There's a fucking 918 Sock there. There's always some good cars there. Jay Leno shows up a lot. Jerry Seinfeld, really nice event. Shout out to Kevin Cohen. And uh, I'm just chilling, you know, Tyler gets there kind of late. I couldn't kick it that long. I decided to leave. And then we jump on the Malibu Canyon again and we get on the freeway. This time we get on the freeway and as soon as I get on, there's a GTR, there's a GT2 RS, there's a few cars, and they're, we're in Calabasas, and they're starting to go a little fucking stupid, right? So I'm like, you know what, man, I got my father-in-law in the car, you know, my, my, my wife bitches when I go over fucking 80, and I'm just like, he's cool. My father-in-law listens to the show, we're chilling, we're driving, and now a Benz, okay, an SL Benz, might have been SL600 because of the way it looked, 
He pulls up. Some Persian dude is driving like a fucking maniac going about 120 or 30. I'm like, okay, hold on. Let me get real silly. I bust downshift in the fourth, start smashing 120, 30, boom, shift, fifth gear, 140, 150, shift, sixth gear. I'm in sixth gear going 171, and it ain't nothing. And there's a little bit of traffic now. It's like 9, 15, 9, 20 in the morning. And I'm like, yo. So I slow the fuck down, and I just realize how stupid fast this car is. My center don't get up like that. I don't have 1,000 horsepower in the center. Almost, but not like that. The brute power of this car is just something else. The car was supposed to go back today, and I was going to sell it. And you know what? I got an offer for over 800 grand. So I got an offer for over $200,000 of what I paid for the car. And I just don't think it's worth it for me to get rid of it. Because the next thing I could do is order a SF90 Spider, which I don't really like convertibles, but because you can see the bonnet and see the engine and still have a convertible, I'm still skeptical about it. I don't want to wait till January to get this car, right? That's another 10 months away. Fuck that. I want to have fun. So I haven't figured it out yet. Do I need to get rid of it? No, I don't. But the car drives like a dream. Pista, definitely you feel a little bit of the race in it. You know, you're going to feel it's a little more bumpy, a little more raw, right? The Senna, all the way raw. Definitely super raw. P1, insanely fast, raw, but you also get a little bit of smoothness. The 918, one thing I have to say, 918, very smooth, very fast, and just a fucking beast. This is a 918 on super steroids. And it's just fucking amazing. It blew my fucking mind. Now, the crazy thing is my credit with Ferrari Financial Services is beyond impeccable. So I have a $2 million open line of credit with Ferrari, so I'm not even worried about that. I can't wait to get chose, or I hope I get chosen to get the successor of La Ferrari, which is going to come out in 2023. So we'll see what happens with that. But that is because Ferrari Financial is a private bank. They don't report to other shit. It is a private bank, but they do check your credit and everything. I have A1 credit with them, and it is important because I'm able to not have to put 600 grand down if I don't want to. I could put fucking 25 grand down and have a low payment and just my credit's just great with them. They have like 1.7% APR, stupid low rates when your credit is A1, right? Now with that said, thinking about buying a second house and on top of that, thinking about moving my primary residence. So with all that said, buying a new house and starting fresh, it sounds cool, but when I've put all the shit that we put in this house, built the fucking man cave with fucking 100 and fucking 13,000 percent bare bricks and all the shit. It's just a fucking nightmare. It gives me anxiety when I'm talking about the house of cards and all the shit that I got going on. I don't know if that's something I want to think about. Not at least right now. Maybe in the summer when shit is, you know, and COVID is a little less of a worry. It's just right now, it's kind of scaring me. But it came up and we decided to check out a couple spots, and um, um, my buddy Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union are selling their crib, and it's beautiful, and I was just like, damn, do I want to jump into this kind of thing? They got two incomes. Dwayne Wade probably made over $100 million in the fucking NBA and whatever, so I'm just kind of like, fuck, man. Now, the fact that I even considered selling my bear collection is fucking beyond insane, but I know it has to happen sometime in the near future. It's not that I'm over it. It's just I did it and now it's it's consumed too much of my time and it's it's just too crazy and it's starting to drive me a little crazy with my OCDness. So I am thinking about that. 
someone's gonna have to have some fucking deep pockets. Because this ain't going to some, oh man, fuck that, that's going for this. No, motherfucker, I created the market. I know exactly how much these are worth. So I'm not going to just, you know, do a one-by-one sell. No, I'll tell you that right now. If I sell the entire collection, please believe at the very least it's going to go in a collection of four, right, in four groups. At the least, I'd love it to go to just one person and boom, take that bitch out. I got all the boxes and everything. I'll probably keep maybe six to ten just so I could have, you know, that cool little thing to add into a new office. But again, credit is so fucking essential because the rates right now are so low. Your tax returns got to be A1 too. But the fact that I'm able to go get two cars, right? A million dollars in cars in the last 30 days and get a house, then get another house. It's like you, you have to really have your shit on point. And thank God I kept it A1 because I wouldn't be able to do this if I didn't have excellent credit and if I didn't have my boy Travis Wilson, who's a fucking amazing person. Last thing before we go, didn't really watch much, but I did try to watch Malcolm and Marie. There was so much talk about it. I know Zendaya has a fucking huge fan base, but let me tell you something. I tried, really tried to watch this fucking movie. I don't give a fuck how good of an actress she is and how cool and unique and weird looking she is and John Washington or whatever. It, man, I could not get into this fucking movie. I just could not, period. It just was tough. I don't know. I'll try again. I ended up watching The Fucking Outsider again. It's a Jared Leto movie where some people might not like him, but it was a fucking great ass movie where he becomes Yakuza's like old school. You know, this is way back. I don't know if it was the fucking, I forgot what year it was. Might've been the 60s. I don't remember what year, 40s, 50s, but it was a really well done movie. And I watched that for like the seventh time instead. And I could watch it all the way through. This Malcolm Marie shit, I don't know, man, it's tough. But yo guys, that is it. There's a short episode. Um, I got a lot going on, guys. Please bear with me. I am gonna get some interviews popping and I will get some shit. But what I do need to do is I need to sit down with fucking the Dust Brothers and we need to figure out some shit. And I need to slap the shit out of myself in the next three days and really hash out and get my time management schedule back because I'm about to fucking launch fucking um, uh, Project 70 comes out in uh, shit, nine days. And then I got, you know, two cards a month until the fucking end of the year. So I got a lot going on. I got pieces. I got all kinds of other stuff. But that does not mean we're not going to put out top quality episodes right? Doesn't mean I'm not going to drop free game. Telling you guys what's going on in my life and I'm giving you guys something up close and personal. At the same time, I want everyone here to win. All right? Appreciate everybody. Please do not stop telling a friend to tell a friend about Behind the Baller. All right, guys, please hit that subscribe button. If you have not already subscribed, we are going to get this shit popping and rolling. It's going. It's all good. Always remember, Always remember to make it a great day. Always remember this is not your practice life. And always remember Uncle Ben loves you. All right, y'all. Yep, that's it. That's it. Yo, Blakey. Yes, sir. Time for you to take us to the crib, y'all. All right, everyone. I will see you guys on Thursday. Peace. Peace.